0: listening
1: to Katy
2: Wampus. Steve, you like Sean Claude Van Dam or I, did? <laughs> I would say that I thoroughly enjoyed him as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. like I like I enjoyed most things as a kid. It was because my father really enjoyed those action movies when I was a kid, but that, you know, That fell into the category of we would watch anything with Schwarzenegger, anything with Seagal, anything with Stallone, Mm -hmm. anything with Van Damme. Anything that was an action film, it was probably on my TV at some point.
0: So he was the star in all three of those movies?
1: Yes, the Belgian man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Today I learned. I'd never heard of him before. Never heard of him. Never heard of him, never seen him. This is my first experience. I knew who he was, but
1: I had the other than Street Fighter, I had never seen a movie from, uh, starring Jean Claude Van Damme from the 80s or 90s. And, and today we watched Bloodsport, Hard Target, and Time Cop, which were curated by Steve, who believed that this was. The best representation of Jean-Claire Van Damme. I believe that's true.
2: And I still still believe that. I I, I think that's true.
1: Uh, All three had a unique flavor
2: in that one of them didn't utilize him as a martial arts star at all. Yeah, I mean, they all came across and showed different strengths and weaknesses to both him and the menagerie of cast, crew, and directors that have chosen to work with him in the past.
1: I don't... The poor man Schwarzenegger doesn't even begin to cover it. It, it feels like the DC movies to the Marvel. What, what what like Jacques John Goodman is is to Arnold Schwarzenegger what the DC movies are to the Marvel movies. Where you're like you don't get it. <laughs> 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 you think you could do the same thing?
0: <laughs> That's a fair comparison.
1: And it's it's rough. He is clearly very talented. Like as a not as an actor as a, as an athlete. So many roundhouse kicks. Although not many. You think, like, I think there's a version of these movies where I'm like, if he could just do, like, 50 roundhouse kicks, if it were more of the Jackie Chan style of movie, I'd be, like, really on board with, with how um, entertaining that would be. I, uh, I'd i never been exposed to these movies. I'd always seen them at the at the store, and I was like, he's not Schwarzenegger. And I've never seen Seagal or any. any. I can't imagine the Seagal movies are a tear down from even these. Is probably what it feels you... like.
2: You might be mistaken <laughs> really
1: they're Depends better on than the, this
2: uh, uh, the seagull movies are different
1: they're different okay seagull
2: doesn't feel like he if isn't as athletic by any stretch of the imagination no
1: he does seem like a man who lets the fight come to him
2: he's not as athletic i feel like most of his films involve him just snapping people's necks like that's his go-to martial arts move is it even a martial arts move
0: yeah right It's got to be. I
2: mean, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. And frankly, I don't know enough about martial arts to refute that. So I'm not going to be the guy that tells you. No, neck snapping is clearly a barbaric. I mean, it that... has no place in the martial sciences. That <laughs> the martial
1: science is that is that specific to Bloodsport? I had never, I had heard...
2: never heard that anywhere but Bloodsport. Uh, this... so... in,
1: in Bloodsport, which is essentially Enter the Dragon, but legally sanctioned by many countries, apparently they keep calling it the martial sciences, which is an interesting tactic. The villain next snapped a bunch of people. He seemed to know martial arts. <laughs> I don't, think it's a separate, I don't think it's a separate move from, from martial arts, right? It's not like I learned martial arts and then someone else taught me to neck snap. Or maybe... Maybe he just does that to end his fights quickly? He did. Well, he did to prove his strength and power. He was an interesting
2: villain. I mean, a fatality is the way that you end most Mortal Kombat <laughs> matches. So... Yeah, but I don't remember... So my... Thing. Clearly my knowledge of martial arts begins and ends with Mortal Kombat. But I, don't I did not see one spine get ripped out of a single combatant in Bloodsport. Therefore, I'm going to go ahead and give it a three out of no, ten. No, Bloodsport's like the drama <laughs>
1: version of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> no, like, it was weird because, like, the villain wasn't really the villain. He just kind of started to cheer a lot. Like, he would wait and then, like, be super psyched that he won, which is an interesting take for a villain. Bloodsport is a weird movie, and it's really all over the map. And it kind of reminds me of the movies that, like, Brandon Lee... Uh, was in before the crow in the sense that you're like, Oh, the crow is going to be like your big, like break where you're in a real movie now. (laughs) And, but I don't, did that ever, I don't think that ever happened. That never
2: really happened. I think the closest that was, I, I almost want to say time cop was supposed to be that, uh, either time cop or street fighter. I would 100% believe that street fighter was supposed to be the, uh, was supposed to be the vehicle that makes him a megastar.
0: I didn't even know they made that to a movie in You didn't know now.
2: Street Fighter was made to a movie? I knew about
0: the Mortal Kombat They movies. did it twice,
1: man. <laughs> Not with one, John but Dan, but there's one from there's one from the 90s, and then there's another one called Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, starring uh, Kristen Kruik from Smallville fame.
2: How did I miss and these? a sex cult of some kind.
1: <laughs> Chun-Li was in the sex cult? <laughs> I Chun-Li believe, herself?
2: I believe. What about Blanco? Uh, I would assume he was the one running the sex cult. <laughs> that guy does kind of look like Blanco. <laughs>
1: From like the Street Fighter One movie, yeah, like he kind of looks like that guy who goes into the machine, yeah. Charlie. So anyway, there's there's a whole massive Street Fighter movie, Corey, that uh, we we didn't elect to watch mostly because it's kind of established already as like a cult classic, and these don't seem to have a huge cult following, right? You don't it, see these brought up, yeah. These these movies have kind of been forgotten, but these were particularly um Bloodsport. These were like relatively successful movies that obviously like spearheaded this guy's career and and I do find it fascinating that there was an appetite for this because I didn't find the action particularly compelling in any of them. A blood sport was fun but like no joke like half of the fights are out of focus.
2: Yeah no I'll give you that they for sure. Or the
1: camera just doesn't catch them like that they leave the space of the frame
0: and the camera's like yeah they'll come back. You You can also clearly see the, they're holding their punches or holding their kicks you know they're not supposed to actually be kicking or punching each other but it's really obvious that the people on screen are not physically touching each other and they're just yeah like, there was this...
2: definitely a level of uh of wwe to some of those fight scenes it was
0: heinous it ruined any sort of action enjoyment i would have had from that movie because almost every contact with f- exception of a few close-ups you can tell that, like, they didn't really contact, you know, wait half a second, and then the actor reacts as if they actually actually been punched or kicked. It was like, oh, okay, maybe it was just this one shot, but the whole fight sequence, it's this way. Well, it's
1: like this weird thing where they're all in slow motion. And this happens in Hard Target, too, because, you know, John Wu directed
2: it, and boy. Half of that motion. movie was in slow motion. Had yeah. that mo- movie not had slow motion in it, it would have been 45 minutes more. I know, right?
1: <laughs> no wonder so much was cut out of it. But, like slow motion doesn't really add to the drama of a physical fight because you're taking an action that should be quick and impactful and brutal. And you're slowing it down to a balletic thing on top of the fact that you're already shooting something where you're reenacting it and not doing it for real. So it doesn't, it's, it sells the lack of impact. It's like selling you the falseness of it because Mm -hmm. like one of the things about like choreography and other action movies is they try and hide the fact that they're not being hit. These movies seem to revel in these long slow-motion shots of people just not being hit. And I was, it was, I was thinking about it when I was like, do Schwarzenegger movies do this? Because they don't do a lot of hand-to-hand fighting in Schwarzenegger movies. I guess that's how they get around it. It's mostly like gunplay or prop play. He throws a steam pipe into a man and tells him to lay off some steam.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. When you really think about it, I don't know of too many films outside of the martial arts oh. community that really revel... In this idea of we've got to get as close to each other as possible in order to simulate contact, at least in the you know late '80s, early '90s style of cinema, um, or at least for that particular genre of action filmed.
1: Well, unlike it's interesting because unlike Schwarzenegger and Stallone, this guy is a martial artist. Stallone, Stallone, and Schwarzenegger are famous for how in shape they are, and yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme is famous for I actually am a martial artist. Like, I can actually roundhouse kick you and do the splits. A tactical move, proven successful. In every single film. Wait, did it won. happen in Hard Target? Did he do the splits in Hard Target?
0: I think he did it in Hard Target. He didn't do it in Time Cop though.
1: You know, well, he, he did. did. Oh,
2: he
0: did do it in Time Cop. He jumped up on the...
2: Kitchen Island. After the, a dude shot his taser into the pool of yeah, water. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So he did it
0: once. Yeah, but compared Yeah, to... but it was great. <laughs> of <laughs> the all of the ones
2: he's done, that was probably the
0: best one. It like was he did it almost every single fight.
1: Oh my god, it was like can you believe he can roundhouse kick and do the splits? This is like, they just returned to it again and again and again. They used the flashback footage of him doing it again and again and again. They loved it. They thought it was gonna be the coolest thing in the world. It's like it was like a kid who had just learned a curse word.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it was a seminal moment for the film. It showed it's his. A <laughs> it's a seminal Sh- moment. Yeah, it, it I don't know. I'm trying real hard to defend it you at this have to point. Defend, here's the, here's the thing. I actually
1: didn't hate these. I think the biggest problem with them is that they um, take themselves very seriously. They don't have that sense of fun and charm that the even the bad schwarzenegger movies do like schwarzenegger one is a better actor than the claude Van damon so he could deliver these charming one-liners and you know like like you feel like there's so many schwarzenegger movies where he looks just off camera as if he's looking at the audience he's not getting at the camera but he's looking just off camera and he gives this like this wink and the smile of like yeah this is gonna be fun come on like just go along it'll be really fun But Hard Target turns out to be a treatise about the homeless problem?
2: Yeah, which really caught me off guard because it's been so long since I had watched that movie. And, I mean, it definitely went out of its way to try to pinpoint a problem, at least in the first... It was police
1: striking, Stephen. That was the problem.
2: Pretty much. I don't know. The first half of that film felt like it was trying really hard to tell you something meaningful. It accomplished nothing because you had a Belgian man... Trying he to play. A, a <laughs> Born Belgian and raised Creole. in New Orleans. Yeah, it didn't raised
1: by his Creole uncle Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley.
2: Uh super Brimley O brother. <laughs>
1: yes, dressed like Super Mario, which was excellent. Heart Target got way better as went... a <laughs> one like
2: from about a... the midpoint on when it was just all John Woo action all the mm-hmm. time and it stopped trying to take itself seriously it became an infinitely more watchable film the beginning where it was Jean-Claude Van Damme trying to carry a noir do- story it's a noir story
1: based on the documentary Dark Days <laughs> yeah. about the homeless um, these movies aren't as fun as they should be especially for what they're about like Time Cop is a movie about a time cop who stops time crimes and it takes itself real seriously were there any jokes like did did Van Dam crack any jokes in Time Don I don't recall um, any d- n-
2: to the extent of he used shot somebody in the crotch and then said that's gotta hurt yeah, that's so a joke. No, stellar
0: so no <laughs> it's a it's crappy one liner it's not even a one liner
1: it's like anything you would have done to him you could have said that like, it, like it, even the worst Schwarzenegger, like, he shot, he shoots an alligator and goes, your luggage. And you're like, right, because that's specific to an alligator. Right. Chill out. Chill out, yeah. yeah. Well, Mr. Freeze is a...
2: That, well, that's a whole different conversation, because Batman and Robin was literally nothing but one-liners. Ice to see you. Um, <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? The, the ice, ice Age. age. That, that's a <laughs> breach. <laughs> Because that's,
1: like, not even relevant to what he does. I believe something crashes through a window. He doesn't doesn't freeze shit when he does that. He doesn't freeze a goddamn thing. He goes, what killed the dinosaur is the Ice Age, and I'm pretty sure a a rocket ship crashes through the roof. Like, I'm trying to imagine, like, like if I were 10, if I'd be super into this. And I'm thinking I might have been into Hard Target a bit. The action just escalates. Because at first you're like, this is going to be, I guess, kind of a realistic, like, crime movie. And then he, like, you know, roundhouse kicks somebody off of a motorcycle bike and you're like oh that's a little bit above reality and then 50,000 men appear with guns hanging out of things and you're and like he... oh my god the cop died and then he's like he's on a chase and then he's on the motorcycle and then he's standing on a motorcycle for like minutes at a time firing and then he jumps over a car and screams yeah like Aquaman
2: do you think those do you
1: think those will ever come back do you think like we'll ever get nostalgic for this?
2: No, unfortunately, I don't. I I don't ever see a time where people are just going to be like, you know what I really want to do? I want to have a bad Jean-Claude Van Damme weekend where I just sit down and watch. I mean, we just did. In the interest of science. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't see these holding nostalgia. The problem is, is that these were made, I I hate to say it like this, but in a simpler time. (laughs) It's a simpler time in America
1: and Hong Kong.
2: People wanted less out of films. They they apparently did, or else Jean-Claude Van Damme would not have had a career that went even an nth as long as it did.
1: The bar was impossibly low. I mean, this makes... We were talking about it like... I've laughed now when I hear people like talk about like how Zack Snyder and Ryan Johnson have ruined things. And I'm like, at least those movies were movies.
2: I guess that's just... The way of it is, I mean, you know, you look at cinema over the last hundred years and how it's evolved. It's gone from, you know, jilted, you know, I say my line, now you say your line. Oh, the mid
1: Atlantic, <laughs> the transatlantic accent. Yeah, the transatlantic
2: accent. accent to, you know, we're actually anchoring ourselves to a character. We're trying to tell a story, a narrative. There's an idea here. We're going somewhere with it. And then I guess in the 80s, everybody was on you know, blow flowed like water and...
1: Jacques-Claire Van tell you about that. Yes, yeah, that's
2: true. And, you know, it was a lot s- easier to get crap made apparently. You could
1: see the cocaine addiction on his face in Hard Target. Yes, you
2: could. It uh, was particularly bad. S- who is it
1: who pointed out, somebody pointed out that like Time Cop looks like it was shot 10 years before Hard Target? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hard Target was some rough times, for Sean am kind Oh, no, 10 years after. Oh, 10 years after? Yeah, Is that it, what it, it was? The movie looked like when I first saw it, when I, the it's first the five future. minutes. I thought this movie had been shot 10 years after Hard Target. Oh, no. Imagine my surprise when I find out. It's actually relatively close on the time. Yeah, they came movie. out like a year apart. Yeah, that's, that was mind blowing I
1: like the idea of them. I, I got to say, like, after this, you may have not converted me. They're kind of quaint
2: yeah I, like, I, like I think that's the best way to describe them, actually. I is- know when
1: you're like into simpler times it's like it's it, film got film has always in all art forms do this. they get more sophisticated as time goes on. right. And so it's just a level of sophistication. And there's definitely like exceptions to that where there's definitely better action scenes before Bloodsport. Well, right. But overall, people were like, no, yeah, this is fine. We don't really know what this is supposed to look like because he's really the first. And that's the other thing, too. Is, is Since Bruce Lee, had there been another martial arts star in America? Because Jackie Chan didn't break into the American box office no, until I... the late 90s. And yeah. then didn't start starring in American movies until the late 90s. Like, Rush Hour is his first like American mm-hmm. film, right? Wasn't that 98? That's 98, yeah. Wow. Well after the Jean-Claude Van dam era has ended, really. Like so, it's know, Like I was like, I guess he was the only guy, right? Like Bruce Lee had died in the seventies, and there was, it was him.
2: I mean, he wasn't the only guy. He was the only one that somehow had made it work. I mean, I, I guess to a degree, you can say Steven Seagal did, and then there were a few other odds and ends actors out there. Don't ask me to tell you the names of any of the actors from the American Ninja franchise. But... Oh, Chuck Norris, I guess. Oh yeah, Chuck but did Norris. Did he do
1: martial arts? I'd never again. Preview of a possible future episode where you have to sell me on Chuck Norris. But I've never seen a Chuck Norris movie. You're
2: gonna have to find somebody else to sell you on Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah, but that's a hard pass. From
1: from the okay, well, then we don't have to do it because it doesn't look that interesting. Um, we I'd rather just,
2: we can just watch eight hours of Bowflex. I, w- I would rather watch
1: six more Jean-Claude
2: Van Damme movies
1: than watch three Chuck
2: Norris movies. We'll just watch. Every season of Walker, Texas Ranger.
1: Oh, now, you know, see, now actually I might be interested in watching some Walker, Texas Ranger, because that looks so nice. But, yeah, I guess, sorry, he did, He was doing martial arts. It wasn't just him with, like, like the American Ninja series. It wasn't just him with a gun, right? It was him, like, the Delta Force movies are, like, him with a yes, gun. Yes, that but, was
2: him with a gun, but it was also martial arts, where yeah. he was, I mean, America's you want to say America's greatest
1: that, hero, man with a gun.
2: You want to say that Jean-Claude Van Damme roundhouse kicks too much?
1: Does... Chuck Norris' signature move around. Yes. That's his signature move.
2: Do you think he's pissed at Jean-Claude Van Damme? I don't know, but right now I really miss Celebrity Deathmatch because I feel like they could answer that question for us. That, it
1: had to have done that, right? I don't Jean-Claude know. Van Damme versus Chuck Norris.
2: If they didn't, then I have some serious questions for everyone at I, MTV. Not that I didn't already have serious questions for everyone at MTV. I could be
1: misremembering, but didn't Celebrity Deathmatch do Sylvester Stallone and Jean-Claude Van Damme because the joke was you can't understand either of them?
2: That's entirely possible. You know, you and, might be right, and it's really true. We'll do we'll do research later on that. Wasn't
0: just me. I had a really hard time hearing this guy's lines. Oh
1: no, you—he's in—he's incomprehensible. <laughs> we there were many times I thought he said one thing, and it turned out based on what happened in the movie, he clearly said the exact opposite of what I thought he said. Like the, the particularly um, hard target. There were which makes him a detective-esque character in a noir setting for the first half, which means he does a lot of talking, and it's a real problem because important to the plot, such as it is, important information is coming from him, and you have no fucking idea what he just said, and then they cut to the villains, and, it feel, and they do this a bunch um, in, I find one of the biggest similarities between Hard Target and Time Cop was each, both movies had a set of villains in one set, often explaining what they were going to go about to do and it feels like reshoots. It feels like they went, this movie's impossible to follow, get one set for a day, we'll shoot three or four scenes with the villains explaining their plan and what we'll do in the next scene so that you are not confused. Because unfortunately, it seems like they relied on Jean-Claude Van Damme to explain it to the audience and that is nonsense. He can't speak.
2: Clearly his English wasn't wonderful but again, I, I feel like the cocaine didn't help.
1: So. Well, one of the advantages of Street Fighter is he doesn't talk a lot because he's like one of eighty-seven characters, so everybody's got like three minutes of screen time. But he does have that amazing speech. He
2: about does have that. He's great not speech. going home. Who's coming with me? <laughs> we can go home. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it, for the most part, He's I can understand. more understandable than Street Fighter, right?
1: Yes. Maybe it is the cocaine, because that was the height of the cocaine. Maybe he needs cocaine. This is like when I discovered with Sylvester Stallone. Do you remember how the PlayStation 3 could do just very easily without programming the 1.5 fast forward, and it right. still played the audio? So I was watching um, Rocky Two, and I was like bored to shit, because I don't like Rocky Two. I was like, I don't like this movie. It actually might be my least favorite Rocky. I know, I know there are worse Rocky movies, but I think Rocky Two is the one I would want to watch the least. And I just hit 1.5 as he was talking. He became completely comprehensible. It sounded like he was speaking like a normal human being. So when you play
0: back his voice at, at 1.5 speed,
1: speech. he sounds completely normal and comprehensible the sentences strung together perfectly so we started skipping other parts of the movie where we knew he talked like previous scenes we were like let's do it again and it worked like every time we were like
0: what the fuck this is amazing ever watch this guy again I wanted to watch their movies, uh, 1.5. I, I really would like where, to for, for where you for to literally
2: it. every Expendables film? I know, oh
1: God. I've only ever seen this. See, so that's a good example of something. I only ever saw the second of those. And is Jean-Claude Van Damme in that one?
2: Uh, second or third. I know he's in one of them. He's,
1: it, I saw the second one, and I honestly don't remember. That's the one where Chuck Norris does show up yes. for one scene, and they do Chuck Norris jokes. Yes. In their movie.
0: That's a perfect utilization of Chuck Norris.
1: It reminded me of an X-Men The Last Stand where the juggernaut said, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. And people in the audience um, booed. it's yeah. funny. Because my, uh, my audience, they, they cheered. All cheered. Yeah. <laughs> I was in an audience that, um, it, I remember specifically, I was in San Francisco and I, when I saw it. And I was in the X-Men The Last Stand audience. And I had an audience that turned on the film real quick. Justifiably so. It's a terrible film. Yes. But you could just feel it. We were all in the theater like... God, it's like this. Like it was that angel scene where they did what two flashbacks in a row. They did the the gene flashback, yep. And then they immediately cut to an angel flashback, and he goes, "Oh God, my son, not you, a mutant." And it went to credits, and you could just feel the whole audience go, um, "Oh no!" Like, <laughs> ugh, it's gonna be like that." <laughs> and there's like two hours of this, <laughs> or two and a half hours of this. Oh no! Like you just you just knew it was such a, and and it was one of those things where. That juggernaut line, that's when the audience turned. And I remember when they did the. It's not a post-credit sequence, but it's like right before the credits where Magneto almost moves the chess piece and it moves. People groaned. Anyway, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> JCVD, which isn't actually shorter because it's the same amount of s- syllables. So.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. The Muscles from Brussels. It's, it's Van, Van Damme. See, that's better.
1: Same as Van
0: Damme. Van Damme. Jean-Claude. Van Damme. I'm just going to call him Van Dam. Do we know?
1: Is that his legal name? It's not. His name was Jean-Claude Camille Francois Van Varenberg.
2: Oh, well, Van Dam was the wiser choice here. It's like Schwarzenegger. I we mean, he talked
1: about that where he was like, yeah, nobody, nobody, people were like, oh, you're never going to hire me and all this stuff. And now it's like, like, as a kid, I learned how to spell that name specifically. Right. I worked on it. I was like, I will learn how to memor, I will memorize how to spell his name correctly.
2: I don't think I ever put that much effort in. Well, it that. was
1: always on the VHS boxes. So there was like these VHS boxes, and it was like it was because it was so long. It was on the side of it, and it took the whole box. Yeah, it took the whole box. Yep. <laughs> this is my childhood. <laughs> Started watching Van Damme movies. I was watching Last Action Hero on repeat, going, "Why doesn't this work?" <laughs>
2: it's a good satire. I'll, it's, I'll it's, give it that. Well,
1: it's one of those Shane Black scripts, which kind of like bounced around a lot, and we could feel that with Hard Target. Hard Target's not Shane Black, but it feels very much like it's supposed to be a Shane Black movie, specifically when the detectives are on strike, and the one good detective is working on her birthday, (laughs) and she has a cake of sorts with a candle.
2: Yeah, it looked like a a honey bun with a candle in
1: it. Yeah, one candle, and she was about to say happy birthday, and then John Landon Van Dam appeared like a teleporting vampire in front of her, And, uh, and she put the cake with the candle still lit in her drawer, her desk drawer, and closed it shut. Only to find it later uh, that the desk door was covered in smoke.
2: I'm really glad they addressed that.
1: I'm really I'm
2: really happy that that at least had a satisfying conclusion. Because I was really worried that they were just going to have her put it in the drawer. And then we would never see it again. It's a
1: weird But at least
2: they opened the desk drawer to show, oh... Real world physics do in fact apply here. Well, that's what makes it even weirder. Like because that
1: because it's not like because like Lethal Weapon is like famous for this these gimmicks. Like they go to the they go to the bullpen. You do know, you know like it's like that kind of business right. like, for background characters. And that's what this feels like. But but John Woo just doesn't know what it like. Like well, John Woo a weird choice for that script because John Woo makes incredibly operatic crime dramas with intense gunplay, and so the the that his first American movie is a Modern is it like a neo-noir, most dangerous game riff, with a lot of Frank Miller injected into it, starring an English as a second language martial artist. Honestly, when I say that loud, it's a miracle it turned out as entertaining. Yeah, it, <laughs> when I say that loud, actually, the movie's pretty good. For, for I'm genuinely
2: wondering how much of the casting or anything else was actually his idea
1: it probably was I mean it probably I. I. it probably was like a I'm sure it was I mean it had to be a for hire higher job he didn't like shepherd that script it was a script and he wanted to we well, wanted to break into Hollywood you know right and Jean-Claude Van Damme was an up and coming action star but you know what Jean-Claude Van Damme does and what Chow Yun-Fat does is are v- are very different in that one can act and <sighs> Jean-Claude Van Damme came yep he
2: yeah. was a great Master Roshi in Dragon Ball Evolution well
1: you know Crouching or you could go on Crouching Tiger
2: you know I mean I could.
1: I didn't. <laughs> have you seen the Dragon Ball film?
2: I've seen parts of it. You haven't seen the whole film? I couldn't bring myself to do it, no.
1: Have you seen the Dragon Ball film, Corey?
0: No. Do you know Dragon Ball? I'm familiar with it, yeah. but I've never consistently watched it.
1: Same here. I've never I've never consistently watched it or read it. I, I I have people in my life who know a lot about it and love it. But I did see the Dragon Ball film in theaters with somebody who was way into dragon ball and i was i it i was like well this must be what it's like when you go to me with like a with a comic book movie (laughs) because he was not okay for days and i can imagine because it it wasn't good so forget the fact of what it was adapted from on its own it was just awful it actually kind of feels like to take like the van damme thing it feels like one of those straight-to-video van damme movies that he made like the 2000s yeah. Which are often also weirdly period pieces. Although we found out that Bloodsport was based on a true story.
0: Uh, yeah. Apparently. The movie tells you that at the end. That was the biggest plot twist of the evening and it came Jesus, pretty early. Wasn't it? But at the yeah, end of that the really
2: messed with me a little bit. I had not recalled that that was actually based on an individual that had actually fought at this tournament, which apparently actually does exist. An
1: individual who claims to have done that. I'd like to point out that Wikipedia specifies.
0: I feel like the movie would have been more enjoyable if they had mentioned all of that a little earlier. Oh, yeah, like in the in the beginning credit sequence. I wish
1: every ten minutes the movie had stopped to remind you that
0: this was a true story. <laughs> I mean, that could that that change alone could have made it to cult classic status. But it kind of teeter-tottered on the edge. I don't know. That was the one I liked the least. I think. Bloodsport. Bloodsport.
2: Then I'm curious, which one you liked the most? I didn't.
0: <laughs> okay no
1: I, I i honestly did not enjoy <laughs> hey which one did you like the most no <laughs> <laughs> for sure the least is what my smoke breaks in between the films <laughs> <laughs> boy that okay that's a good question so we'll pause steve from one two three order best to worst of the three we watched what
2: of the three we watched were uh-huh. best or And you've seen all these before? Yeah, I've seen all I've, these before. I'm curious
0: what you would have rated them before when you were younger oh. and what you rate them today. And then,
2: as a kid, what were your favorites? Hard Target was probably my favorite as a kid.
1: That makes, that makes sense. It's probably got the most going on. Right.
2: It had the, you know, the action feels like it flowed the best once you got into oh, it. Oh, yeah. That
0: last hour is
2: great. <laughs> yeah, it's very entertaining. Um, yeah, it gets out of hand quick. <laughs> Time cop as a kid, I don't think I ever enjoyed because it, it's a surprisingly talky film. Yeah, it's a, movie about a, a lot. Time cop yeah, there's a, a lot. There's a lot of exposition of a film about a man that travels through time on a rocket sled to fight time crime. <laughs> I expect better of this. I mean, honestly, if I had to pick, I probably would say Hard Target was definitely the top, followed by Bloodsport, and then Time Cop.
1: And would that be the same today?
2: Yeah, no, I don't think that really changed today. At all.
1: Well, I'll tell you right now, the the kid in me is out today because The Hard Target was definitely my favorite. (laughs) Despite how boring the first, however long it is, from when that cop gets shot to the end of the movie, I was having a real good time. Um, It's a nonstop
0: thrill ride. It
1: really is what those VHS boxes
0: promised. (laughs) If you cut that first, it's almost, I think it's over half the first movie. It's mostly just like a noir style. You know, it's it's, wh- where to, it's it, a bloated where act one. It's an act one, but it's longer than it should be for act one. Act one is one. as long as acts one and two, and then act yeah. three is action. But if it's that, great, if there's, it's, like, no
1: act two to this movie. There's, like, act one, and then pretty much from the cop gets shit on, is just a really long, crazy act three. <laughs> right. Well, if they we could cut that
0: down by maybe half, well, I would have enjoyed it a lot. What
2: more. I think is the most interesting about the, you know, about Hard Target, and, you know, it has an act one and an act three, is the fact that there's really no clear distinction between act one and act three That's it re- true of it,
1: all the movies yeah about.
2: it really just kind of all of a sudden that guy gets shot in the car and the heroes just show up it doesn't seem like there's any kind of a lag time between the time the guy is shot and the time that that police car just shows up I mean, it's
0: like the same time of day when the car pulls up with the whole crew in it right yeah
2: it, it it doesn't seem like there's a clear basically, demarcation between. Once those. the
0: movie gets to that, it's
1: basically a lawn afternoon.
2: Well, right. <laughs> it's just one lawn afternoon. Yeah, because it ends at night, right? Well, yeah. It,
1: <sighs> yes, yes. It's dusk. So it's all. Yeah, because I mean, lighting.
2: really, I guess Act Three—if we're just going to call it Act Three—starts with them finding guy's right, dead right. body on the street after he gets shot a million times. In the middle of a busy New Orleans street corner, the movies—it's—it's the kind of movie during this clandestine hunt.
1: It's the kind of movie. God, that's so true. The movie, the movie kind of uh, mistakes
2: set pieces for acts.
1: You know what I mean? Like, 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 it's like, well, this is set piece three, which I guess means it's act three.
2: (laughs) We've changed location, (laughs) therefore the movie. Therefore, the story has progressed. (laughs) (laughs) We will start in New Orleans. Look, now we are in the Bayou. We are clearly ahead in the film. move forward.
0: Of a lot of these older action films, that when you get to the really dark, confined, you know, haphazard trap-filled warehouse, you know you're near the end. Oh yeah! Oh, I mean that's true. Even the early James Bond
2: films. Look, we found his lair. Yeah,
1: it's like Terminator (laughs) Two is like the really good example of like a good version of this. It's like you get to that steelworks and you're like, oh, okay, so we're we're getting to the end. And obviously that movie's correctly paced and well made and well acted. But you know, like like it's something that that all all action movies of this era are kind of whether they're good or not follow this pattern of of okay, well we were out in the open. Um, or we start in a city, then we're out in the open. Now we got to go to the steelworks. We got to go to the steelworks. I blame James Cameron. And what's <laughs> yes. with the industrial zone? That's how. We yeah, there has to the be audience. an industrial. This this but that. Terminator I, I, Two did the same, or Terminator action, One did the same thing. Too. Now that I think that's about right.
2: it, is there an action film that doesn't end that way from the '80s or '90s?
1: Uh, Command, no, because he goes underground and commander the steelworks
2: on a desert island.
1: I have a valid point, right? Like Stallone's movie Cobra ends in steelworks the same way. Oh, right. And in Time
2: Cop, about halfway through the film, they show up at that. That movie tricks
1: you. You're at the steelworks and you're like, surprise, we're going back to the house from the beginning. And I'm like, great. Two locations in this whole.
2: There's three locations. (laughs) I still have serious questions. They were printing circuit boards, but there was not a clean room environment for that. Maybe they were already printed. Well, because well, okay, that's whoa, 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 whoa. still no, not no, safe. No, can see an apparatus. No, didn't
1: he say? Didn't he say that he'd invented some kind of cold fusion way of making circuit boards? That was like the premise. Obviously, they really like that's hand still, wave yeah. the science,
0: but like you still need to isolate it.
1: But maybe uh, well, well, devil's advocate. <laughs> Another oh, '90s is... film that ends in the steelworks? No, it doesn't. I have no idea. Um, I've never, I've never stayed awake to finish *Devil's Advocate*. Um, you,
2: the sleeping's the better decision. I,
1: I read on Wikipedia that it's all a dream, apparently. Which I was like, great, waste of time. Um, what he said is, it was, it wasn't. What did he, he didn't use the word subatomic. He used a, a word to describe the board. Then they went to the to the place where the boards were made, and he talked about cold, like, like, like. They were being cold it was like process.
2: cold pressed or something, or like cold, well, cold the, pressed coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold brew. Co- cold brew
0: circuit boards. Yeah, which cold don't brew. need to be isolated or contained in any way because they're so cold. You eject, I feel like the they you anti- inject the
2: nas and then the circuit board. That comes entire right. cold design thing was just an excuse to have a well, whole they run bunch cold. That, that, like, of liquid nitrogen oh, in yeah. tanks. And the it's whole like,
0: point of that was to freeze somebody. And the, use that to kill them. The whole point of that was that Terminator 2 had come out the last
1: summer. <laughs> um, no, like uh, they talk about it as uh, as like a cold, um, like the idea is that it runs instead of running hot, instead of warming, it gets colder as it runs. Was kind of like the again throwaway single line, but that's the kind of stuff in movies that I always hold on to. I'm like, I'm a movie about that.
2: I would like to meet your scientist that is capable of creating cold. From rapidly moving yeah. energy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess Cold Fusion, is, or whatever, which is the premise of a lot of 90s movies, too. Like, The Saint and all those, like, things Chain oh, Reaction. Val-
2: yes, Chain Reaction. Thank you. Because
1: The Saint's the way better uh, movie about it, I think. I think The Saint's better than Chain Reaction. Saint's terrible, but it's still better than Chain Reaction. Yeah, Val Kilmer and Elizabeth Shue.
2: Was that The Saint?
1: Yeah, it was The Saint, Val because, Kilmer.
2: yeah, Chain Reaction was Morgan she- Freeman and Keanu.
1: Keanu Reeves. They were lovers. <laughs> Were they? No, 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 no. Morgan Freeman was the villain, I think. Or he's the. It would men- have been a more interesting. Or, film. or he's the mentor and he's killed early on, and it's a surprise. Or he's the mentor, he's killed early on, and it was faked, and he was the villain. I honestly don't remember which which one it which was. Which
0: Morgan Freeman movie is this? It's called
1: Chain Reaction. It's about a group of scientists who invent cold fusion, and it's of Keanu Reeves um, using like a snow ski to get out to get away from uh, a cold fusion explosion.
2: It's great.
1: It was the the nineties were the eras of running away from explosions, of being able to. We saw many times in this film, and in, fa- in fact, a lot of stuntmen, particularly in Hard Target, where you're like, "Wow, you're really bringing it! You clearly just jumped through fire."
2: Yeah, they definitely earned their paychecks back then. Well, My that's because they didn't have the luxury of green screen <laughs> well that like
1: way. it's also just a thing we don't do that much anymore. like also most movies are about superhero like most action hollywood movies are about super powered people so it's like oh an explosion went off and the hulk's like yeah and in a weird way that the, uh, the super powered people like it's coming back around like captain america is now all about like intense hand-to-hand choreographed combat
2: yeah oh yeah you're right. Like, that's like
1: Captain America's bread and butter. It's all about like, well, Captain America and another guy are gonna like, gonna do an intense knife fight.
2: That was not an intense knife fight in Time Cop.
1: Oh, where they fought like they were swords.
2: Yeah, and he just kind of held it in one spot, and he knew the that's other where guy, they was going. Just, yeah, he held it in one spot, and then his attacker just kept slashing at that one spot with two knives. He just
0: kept trying to stab the knife with his knife, and.
1: <laughs> Maybe he wasn't there to kill Time Cop. He was there to kill the knife.
2: Wasn't it his knife?
1: No.
0: <laughs> I don't know.
2: I don't know. Yes, I believe he I drops it the knife, knife, but he had several spares. Well, you
1: see, Steve, from the future, gotta go. In but the future, knives, really knives are a precious time. commodity. In the future, the white supremacist party elects a knife <laughs> who will take over the world. A literal
0: knife.
2: I really... That... That one line still stopped, bothers me. That
1: stopped the room dead when they announced <laughs> there was a there was a white supremacist political party that had had a political candidate that was gaining twenty three percent of the popular vote, and I was like. Holy shit! The only thing <laughs> inaccurate about this is they predicted it happened in 2004. They <laughs> yeah, were just
2: ten years too early. There was a lot of things in this film that they were just like, yeah, it, it doesn't matter what you can do yeah, or who like you are. Ne- you just need a lot of fucking money. This is like the
0: network of 90s action movies. Yeah. So for a 1994 movie that takes yeah. place in the future, involving time travel, so you know we're already off in that sub. The distant run. future, of the year 2004.
1: Where yeah. There were the a lot of things that to.
0: were
1: eerily accurate. It's always fun, man. I will say that's like some of the best stuff is it's always, it's always eerie when they get it, when they get it right. And when they a, don't, you don't notice. Right. But yeah. Or if you're like, oh no, you know, like networks is a really good example where, yeah. And like, particularly like i ever read, like, like you can read articles about reviews of the movie network and critics will say this would never happen to journalism. Corporations owning multiple news media outlets and controlling the narrative—that'll never happen. And I was like,
0: oh, 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 oh no, no. <laughs>
1: oh no, we live in nineteen eighty-four,
0: don't we? <laughs> that used to be thought to be impossible. That's my reality. Yeah,
1: yeah. And a movie—a movie
2: that was about that people called people called unrealistic. Uh, they said the same thing about what was it? Uh, Let's Star think. Wars. S- S- and they were right. Right. They, they were right. It didn't happen. No, the net was Sandra Bullock. About oh, somebody. she ordered pizza from
1: pizza.com? Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> and everybody, and all of a sudden, everything about her life, every, her accounts, her information, her whole life. Someone might know everything about <laughs> she would use it
1: against.
2: <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> wow. I
1: would say, that, where, here's where that movie missed the mark. It's unrealistic because um, the premise of the movie. Is that they take all of her data and they erase her, and that's the great terror. And I'm like, that would be such a luxury now. Yeah, please, <laughs> I would fake I would thank whatever Russian hacker did that if they if they were like you don't exist anymore. I'd be like,
0: whoa! I'd be like, yeah. No What's more? your Bitcoin Dead. wallet? I'm making a donation. Like Jean
1: Claude Van Damme after he hops over that truck and it explodes. And <laughs> yeah. <he> goes, yeah! <laughs> what a oh man! What a fresh start! What a cleansing digital fire it would
2: be. <laughs> Yeah, would that would be fantastic. It. I would disappear and you would find me somewhere in Europe right. under an assumed name. Uh, I am Jean-Claude Van Vanderberg. What,
0: what Van did Van we Van have Derburg? that erase you from the internet button? Was that a... Um... Uh,
1: Catwoman had it. Uh, 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 Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, it, dar- yeah, was, the, you want the blink, the clean slate? And, and, uh... Clean slate protocol. Poor Ben Mendelsohn. Catwoman uh, drops him to the ground and puts her like weird blade heel into his neck and she goes, where is it? Where's the drive? And he goes, what, you mean the clean slate? The program that you put, put you, you put into a computer, push one button, and you're erased from the entire world? And, and basically she goes, yeah, that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has to explain it because it's not been set up in this film or previous Batman films that this was a thing that the construction magnet Roland Daggett was working on? Yeah, Or John Daggett, they
2: changed his name. I'm going to be honest. I kind of blocked most of that film out of my memory. I am a big supporter of the Bane
1: voice. I like the Bane voice. Because here's the thing, It's the only thing you're going to remember about that movie. (laughs) Huh. And that character is now distinct in the movie.
2: For his iron lung voice? Well,
1: I think it's a nice juxtaposition. Because it's an interesting way to to portray strength. Because really what it's saying is he's going to be this way. And he's still like the biggest, scariest thing. And he doesn't need to be threatening. Right. You know, like, like, like it's actually more scarier. His voice scarier. doesn't need to sound imposing. It's more scarier that it sounds like he's smiling the whole time, and he's, like, lilting, you know? It's the most interesting part of the movie, because I do not care about his fusion reactor. Another fusion reactor. I mean, it was better than these Van Damme movies. Again, going back to the point of the sophistication, where it's like, well, at least the Dark Knight Rises, like, tries to do something.
2: I mean, have we had any action movies?
1: The, uh, American?
2: Well, no, I mean, just, you well, know, yeah, in general, that... That fit this. I haven't seen this them, motif,
1: but the the what comes to mind immediately is the old man action um kind of subgenre. The your Liam Neesons and your Denzel Washingtons and your so your Takens and your um uh, hmm. like Denzel Washers and the the Equalizer film, John Wick, Expendables. Oh, John Wick! Oh, yeah, John, John, John Wick. I I don't think of. I mean, I guess John that, Wick is a very simple story. I guess also those are old man action movies, but those are so much so well made and Keanu Reeves is. I can
2: only assume a vampire, so he doesn't look that old. <laughs> right. He, how is he not aged a day? Because there's a painting in his attic that's aging for him.
1: He's old, right? Like, he's old. He's an old... He's he, How much older... How much younger than Liam Neeson is Keanu Reeves? Can't be that much younger, right? Or Denzel Washington. They both... Denzel... I mean, they all came up around the same time. They were all in movies in the 90, early 90s. I don't know. I'm not sure.
2: Keanu Reeves is... Late 40s? He's 53. 53. Wow. Why couldn't these movies have been like John Wick? Because <laughs> nobody knew how to do that yet, is David. Is
1: Keanu Reeves the best American action star we have?
2: Mm-hmm. Right now? We're Actually, that's a good question. Working right now?
1: Is he the best American... From John Wick alone, the three John Wick movies. Obviously, his history with Speed and the Matrix trilogy. Like, is he our best American action star? Of the past decade? I'd say currently working. Like, like currently working. Because, like...
2: It's either him or... Uh, I don't know, Liam Neeson. See, I don't think those movies
1: are good, though, and I don't think he's... I'm not
2: talking about just those. I'm talking his overall body of work, though.
1: Like the Schindler's List action scene?
2: Yeah. Actions. yeah. <laughs> I'm just talking about, hey. like, his his work as a
1: whole. I could have punched more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. got could have punched this Nazi and that Nazi and drag him into the car. Would have <laughs> been an interesting film. <laughs> he was just punching Nazis for three hours. Well, what do you do at your factory mr she's punch <laughs> <laughs> oh you're a true hero oscar <laughs> but yeah like i uh i don't know about the music because i think those movies are really bad because they have all that quick cutting and i mean i think liam neeson's probably in great shape but he clearly doesn't have any martial arts training he can't do any of those things <laughs>
2: as an actor he's
1: got more chops but well yeah but like he's not an action star like in that sense like, like i would say like it, it's it's like, like 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 chris evans is obviously great as captain america but i wouldn't like cro- classify chris evans as an action star even though he starred in eight action heavy movies as captain america or however many there have been I
0: mean, hasn't liam decent literally played the role of god
2: in one of his movies he well he played... played
1: aslan the lion jesus well uh,
2: that's okay and what about zeus I mean, that's... Oh, right,
1: where he released that Kraken or whatever.
2: (laughs) What happened to that guy? Yeah, the lead actor. Oh, Sam Worthington? Yes. Well, between that
1: and Terminator Salvation, it was a little rough.
2: I mean, he's still got the Avatar sequels to fall back on, maybe. You know, he's not bad
1: in Avatar. I just think he's miscast. I think it's one of those things where, you know, James Cameron made him the lead in his movie, and everybody was like, well, He must I'll be the maze. next big thing, yeah. When in reality, he was just appropriate for the role in Avatar. He was just an actor where James Cameron was like, oh, yeah, you'll be great in my movie Avatar playing this character I wrote, which is why Terminator Salvation, well, not.
2: That was not the only reason why Terminator I was about to Salvation. Say, I was like, actually,
0: he's like the least of that movie's problems. Terminator could have and should have stopped after the second or third one.
2: You know what?
1: Make make seven more Terminators. Fuck it. Like I mean, we've cares? got one on the way. Make more, you know what? Never stop making Terminators. are we already doing that? With Transformers. That Bumblebee movie looks kind of good. I know, and it's from the director.
2: Well, it's you know <laughs> It's bothering direct- me. I saw that. You know who directed it, right? It's oh. the director of Kubo
1: and the Two Strings doing his first oh. live action movie. Oh. And that's why I was like,
2: oh, okay, that's a great movie. I'm. Cause I I saw the trailer and I was just like I want to hate this but it, it, looks, kinda, yeah, it looks it looks kind of good right? yeah I was Have you just seen like the trailer, it Corey,
1: for the bumblebee movie
2: it looks lighthearted it looks so far removed from the I Michael feel like I'm Bay I'm all
1: credibility with Corey as I keep speaking
2: about there's this. a bumblebee movie
1: yeah, it comes out this Thanksgiving for fa- it's for families the- of all just... <laughs> what
0: yeah, it's set in the eighties I and was joking when I said keep making the Transformers oh no like, we're never so done with them everything
1: will always be made forever. We just have to accept it now. Like, you're not gonna outlive any property anymore. You know, there was a time where you probably were never gonna, you were gonna live and there was never gonna be another Die Hard movie. That time is over. There will always be another Die Hard movie. Now, if they're not successful, they may only come out every five to 10 years. <laughs> but like, you are always gonna get another one of these movies. It's like, like when, I, when I started reading comics, somebody told me at a store, he was like, yeah, I'm gonna die. With an unfinished collection of action comics, most likely, because it's going to keep going. And I was like, that's an interesting philosophical point, which is I'm going to get what I want out of, like, the Superman character, and he will go way beyond me. Well, that is now true of everything. There is nothing that is not true that's of. That's sort of how comic books are, though. Well, it's how movies are now. Well, the, the stories how, yeah. are
0: cyclic. Um, yeah. Major arcs, you know, not the down-to-the-nitty-gritty detail, but general arcs of characters repeat themselves every so many years in comic books. Next Die Hard movie's a prequel about his origins as a comic. I mean, some of the first Superman comics because I we read were from that. the 70s, so and
2: what? those
0: are still available on shelves today. So that story i mean, You can get, Superman you can get Comics on.
1: number one. I mean, it's a reprint, but you can go read that story at yeah. any time. It's I'm true. actually doing a Spider-Man read. Final. I'm finally doing it. I, uh, after finishing, taking four years to read every X-Men book from start date up through where I started reading I am now starting a, I have now embarked on my Spider-Man quest I am 50 issues in um, it's interesting uh, we'll talk about it another day but um, yeah, but you started from the beginning from the beginning from Amazing Fantasy number 15
2: enjoy your what 300 issues of Dan Slot spider I know right
1: <laughs> it's, it's weird to think how that's going to be like a seventh of all
0: of Spiders uh, yeah. <laughs> how long is that going to take for you to read well the... X-Men took me about four years and to be fair
1: There were more continuous X-Men books being published simultaneously for a longer period
2: of time. Spider-Man shouldn't take you near as long as X-Men because X-Men had so many, like, Yeah, there are going to be multiple
1: Spider-Man books at a certain point, but it happens later, and there are often fewer that don't run as long. Okay. So that will be easier. And also, I started reading Spider-Man at the same point, so I I can actually stop uh, around the—I started with the Straczynski
0: run. What I'll probably do is, like, reread some of the things I remember really liking about the Straczynski run— so did you notice what i was mentioning earlier about how some types yeah. of arcs seem to be cyclic in comic yeah. books or well, they or, always come to...
2: back they, they, they always repeat themselves in stories in some way shape, they or cycle form.
1: in the sense that um comics are interesting and when it's done well it can be really interesting which is like this progression of it's sort of cyclical but still it's it's kind of like a wheel that's going down a, it's, it's a wheel that's like um a, getting traction every second spin. Right. So it like spins in place, and then it moves forward a foot, and then it spins in place, and then it moves forward a foot. So even though it's cyclical, technically speaking, there's a lot of like, X-Men's a really good example, where where um, Professor X started is not where he currently is. Like he has actually, if in the sliding scale of comic book time, let's say the X-Men have been the X-Men for 10 years, they have basically now these characters have 10 years of history to them that you can go read if you want or what many writers do and what I'd say the really good writers do is it just feels like backstory in any story you'd read which is well you don't need to know this so if it comes up it's a surprise to you like they treat it like a surprise like someone you know you you've read books and seen movies and tv shows where an ex-lover shows up you didn't see their whole relationship for 10 episodes of a previous show but you just get it from context because it's part of the story, and most ra- write- readers just uh, writers just treat it that way. Which is, yeah, they're actually the different. The difference is, is that if Wolverine's ex-lover shows up, there actually probably is like a, like twenty issues you can go read where you actually do see how they met and how that all happened. But you don't need to. They don't write it in a way where you need to. And one of the biggest barriers is I don't think people realize that. People, I've noticed people are always like, well, where do I start? And I go, well, you just just start. Like that's I didn't
2: just pick up a book and read it and if all of a sudden you're just like wow this is really interesting yeah if you're just like huh I wish I'd known more about that go back and read that
1: Well I think that's the biggest limitation the biggest hurdle Marvel Unlimited has which is Marvel Unlimited is not great at telling you where to start Marvel Unlimited doesn't give you um they do like weekly suggestions but Marvel Unlimited you should be able to click on Spider-man as a character and you should see like it should be divided out in like would you like to read the original Stanley, Steve go run, would you like to you know and and which will and they just summarize it, you know. Peter Parker goes from high school student to college student and all of his big villains are introduced. Oh, okay, I understand what that is
2: now. I like, PDF. I want to know more about this pulp venom thing. Well, cool. Here's oh, yeah. the Venom saga right here. Yeah,
1: hey, click on Venom. Okay, well Venom has and it could even say, Hey, Venom's been the symbiote's been a bunch of people. Here's all the, here's here's the reading order, and like you click on it and here's all the issues with Eddie Brock.
2: Here's Flash, all the issues yeah. with Flash.
1: Here's all the issues with Boom, and and they were and they appeared in this order. Start and you can start anywhere. Websites, dude. There are websites. that do that. There's an excellent website called Crushing Crisis. It has been. It's the website I use for the X Men run. It's the website I'm using for the Spider Man run, where it will tell you how to read feeds. It will even tell you based on what you're reading. Like, oh, did you buy the Essential Trades? Okay, well, here's what else you might need. You know, or did you buy X? Okay, well, then this is what you'll need. It's it's an excellent tool. I know we've gotten off-topic from
0: Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, I mean, but we're way off-topic. I think, off topic I think Jean-Claude point. Van Damme speaks for himself. You just can't understand what well. when he does. Um, well, too long didn't watch. You're not missing anything. I don't think I so. Don't I,
1: think I, so. I, I would say watch Street Fighter. I would say if you're interested in Jean-Claude Van Damme, watch Street Fighter, and you go, hey, that, hey, for the three minutes in that movie, that was kind of fun. And just know that if you wanted that the full version of it's not that fun.
2: Yeah, I'll give you that. Any
1: one of these movies would have been way better if Chun-Li showed up. If Min-Na showed up as Chun-Li. Or if Raw Julia was always Van Damme's villain, instant A-minus to all these movies. If Raw Julia was the villain in all three
0: of these, I would love all three of these movies.
2: I think you just miss Raw Julia.
0: I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not like I didn't have fun watching what a these loss. movies. I just don't think I could ever watch them again. I don't think no, I have a
1: reason. I, I, I could see watching Heart Target again in a few years. It'd have to be a while where I forgot it. I could see it going with a couple of other like-minded action movies. Actually, actually, a really good John Woo trilogy of like fun schlock movies is you watch Heart Target... You watch uh, Broken Arrow and you watch Face Off. That's a real yeah. fun trilogy of schlock. He actually, Face Off is so fu- it's terrible, but it's so fun to watch.
2: Guys, we should have watched Face yeah, Off. Yeah, we should have watched Face Off. Well, we should do a remake of Face Off with Jean Claude Van Damme.
1: Absolutely not. <laughs> Yet, yeah, yes, but he can play the brother. <laughs> he can't play either of the leads. He can't play Caster Troy or I don't remember John Travolta's character's name.
2: Jean Sean Archer. Archer,
1: Sean
0: Archer. There you go, Agent Sean Archer. Boy, I remember face. As off. long as the editors remember to in post speed up his voice by one and a half times. Yeah, like, we don't like know if that'll
2: work months. with Jean Claude. Yeah, Van that, we should.
0: We should have tested this. I should have busted out a PS3 or something. Uh,
1: I guess we we were not sold on Jean Claude Van Damme, sadly. Um, and ultimately, although though we were, I would say personally, I was reminded of the glory that was the terrible John Woo American action film of the nineties. Corey, were you sold on Chuckle and
0: Maybe if I was really bored, I would recommend it to somebody. You seemed bored today watching them. That's not untrue. <laughs> but it wasn't like I wasn't having any fun. They were action movies. So it's not like it's I'm so saying soft. these were 0 they, out of 10 well, movies. they were action films. <laughs> they were action films. This was, they in were,
2: fact, a film. I did watch
0: it. There was, <laughs> there was gunfire. There were a lot. I mean, a lot of roundhouse kicks. So many. It really didn't disappoint. It got old it did it really did <laughs> he
1: was doing it at the end of time cop and i was like All right.
0: i'm not going to lie the first time i saw the, the roundhouse kick on screen i thought oh cool he could do that and then maybe 30 minutes <laughs> later i'm thinking he's why still why is he just doing that roundhouse kicking you start to question how effective it would be you're like might mm, be effective can you do anything else split okay i i know that you showed me 50 times in the first 15 minutes you can do a crazy split and a roundhouse kick but do you have any other moves answer eh, not really Steve,
1: did you sell yourself on Jean-Claude Van Damme? Or are you done with Uh, 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 the muscles from Preston? uh,
2: (laughs) Sadly, I think I'm done. I don't know. The ruby ruby glasses were strong. Were strong ruby quartz
1: glasses Uh, keeping your psychoptic blasts away. uh,
2: Yes. I definitely enjoyed them when I was a child, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely one of those things that should have stayed... In my childhood, because when you watch them when you're an adult, you start to see the cracks.
1: Yeah, it, it, yeah, they were proverbially taped together films. Um, but that's okay. I honestly, I had a, I had an enjoyable time. Um, but yes, I will not be seeking out any more John Van Damme movies. Yeah, I reserve to write to rewatch Street Fighter while completely drunk.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair. That's that's a good drinking film. Yeah, that's a wonderful drinking film. Not really a Van Damme film. We knew since we had already watched it previously, we knew enough about it to know that while Van Damme is billed as the topless star in it, he's it's, it's an ensemble cast. It's like saying so. Schwartz,
1: It's like saying uh, it's like saying Batman and Robin is Schwarzenegger film. Not right. not really the case, sadly. He would have been a great Batman. No, he wouldn't have. What no, was, that what was all. About? The fuck was, am I talking about? He was a terrible Batman. <laughs> Although I would say, given who was Batman at the time, he would have been a better Batman. <laughs> I mean, he certainly couldn't have been worse. No disrespect to George Clooney, who's, in, who's a, from all accounts a lovely charitable man, and an excellent actor and director in many other things, but I think I was
2: supposed to say you could have literally acted circles around him as bad. <laughs> Does George Clooney have something on you?
1: That's not the I'll sell you all on George Clooney another day. Okay. I'm David.
2: <laughs> I'm Steve.
0: And I'm Corey. Bye, everybody.
2: You've been listening
0: to Wampus. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at Pod. Email us at cattywampuspodcast at gmail.com. Music by Tilly.